Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. So this morning we had a number of um, questions that were sent in by people that might be facing uh, situations and circumstances and I thought what we did is we took the questions, we kind of summarised them so that um, they can... um, you know, reach a, a broader amount of people. So let me just ask you the first question. Um, what encouragement do you have for people who are facing similar situations to your own and, uh, or where you've been, and when they're, trying, when they're crying out to God for help, but the, it doesn't appear that God is answering or the healing that they're asking for, it doesn't come. Now, for those people that were not here this morning and may have no idea about your background, maybe... Uh, just before you answer that question, just a really brief introduction to uh, your story. I'll go. Great. Uh, so I, I grew up as a young guy uh, with my parents who were Christians, who would take me to church every single week. Uh, for whatever reason, I just never had a connection with God. I never had a personal relationship with Him. And so because of that, I I spent most of my life searching in all all the wrong places. I found myself, you know, looking through alcohol, through wrong relationships, through drugs. And then I found myself uh, in jail at the age of uh, 24. And so, so yeah, and it was was just before that point there that um, before I went to jail where I actually had an experience that would change my life and the direction and the path that I was on. And it was a complete 180 degree turn when I understood and have a, had a revelation that God loved me no matter my past, no matter the decisions that I'd made, no matter what had happened to me. And, and when I received that, that unconditional love, my life would never be the same. Yeah, and so from there then I found myself going to Bible college, meeting this amazing lady uh, towards the end of that, and we've had an exciting adventure since then. Um, So to answer that question, yes? Yes. Yes. Is from Luke chapter 11, and I touched on it this morning, and it says, continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. And that God will bring the Holy Spirit, as is stated in John, that to be our comforter and to be our helper in time of need. And to throw another scripture in there as well, Luke chapter 10 verses 38 to 42, where, where Mary uh, and Martha invited Jesus to come into their home and and Martha was so distracted that she was so busy with the things of life and the things that were going on that she was actually missing the very opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus. So my encouragement to any of you in here tonight is this. Throw those distractions aside, turn the TV off, turn those things off and if the only thing that you can do is put on a worship CD, download an app that's got, you know, just whatever app you use and push play and allow just the ministry of the the song to start to minister to you. Uh, And then I believe that your heart will be open to receive the very thing that God's been speaking to you about. That's great. It it really leads straight into the the next question because um, it's, it's sometimes it's not that people don't know that that's what the scriptures say. 
Um, but I think that the, you know, the question really is how do you deal with the discouragement in feeling far from God and not hearing him or feeling his presence? So obviously people try from time to time to, you know, either putting, putting on that worship song and, you know, mm-hmm. I've probably all experienced this. I have, I've experienced this where you're trying to get into the presence of God, you don't feel him, you're like, yeah. you even out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what would you say to encourage people that are, yeah. that are trying to seek the heart of God but struggling to find him? Well, that's our walk of faith, isn't it? That, you know, sometimes we don't feel God, but the Bible says that we're to walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings. And so sometimes when we're journeying through, it's okay if you don't feel. Sometimes I've prayed for people and I've gone, God, I didn't really feel you in that, but they've come back and they've been healed. Mm. You know, so we don't just seek God for the feeling or the sensation or, or anything. We seek God because the Bible tells us to. And so we've got to move past going to him, you know, so that we can get something, that we worship him regardless mm. of our situations, our circumstances, that we put him in the number one spot and let him be God. And if he wants to move sovereignly, if he wants, whatever he wants to do, just be at that place of complete abandonment and let him work with you and, and not try and work God out because the Bible also says his ways are higher mm. than our ways. And so we can't sit there and think that we can kind of understand God because whenever you think you've got God worked out, then the next thing, he changes it. So my thing is, is let go and let God Mm. and worship him because we know that to be the truth and then he will bring the breakthrough and he will bring the waters and he will release Mm. his anointing. And second... Mm. Sometimes God goes quiet because he's already asked you to do something and you haven't done it. And, you know, we say this in counselling, the girls, um, broken girls in background, they'll come to us with the same question week after week after week. And in the end I say to them, I'm not going to give you another way of saying what I told you to do four weeks ago. (laughs) So until you've done that thing that you did four weeks ago, my answer remains the same. And I believe that God works like that with us. He calls us to do something. And I believe that if he's gone quiet, maybe ask him, Lord, have I missed it? Have you asked me to do something that I wasn't obedient and I didn't respond in obedience? Mm. To actually step back and go and do that thing that God asked you to do and then keep on journeying. So I think there's two answers to that, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And you've just... Basically, completely repeated the conversations I have with my kids every day. <laughs> Why don't you just go and do what I told you to yeah, do? Exactly. And yeah, anyway, it's so like that. Um, it is. And I, and I think discouragement often comes from your expectations. Mm. Yeah. You know, like if we have be- expectations of seeing God do something significant or spectacular, and, and it doesn't meet our expectations, mm. we feel like our time has failed. But mm. in my experience, spending time is the win. Yes. It's the fact that you do pray. Yes. And if you and, and it doesn't have to meet your expectations, let go and, and let God. I like that. That's yeah. good. Um, Tristan, just to you, um, what were some of the greatest challenges you faced as a new Christian in prison? I bet there were a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, why don't you just share some of that? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest challenge was that I lived with criminals now. And so, like, literally that was my, as a brand new Christian, brand new born-again believer, so how was I going to do this? And that was a real struggle. It was quite difficult. It was, it was quite challenging. And because everybody in there, you know, um, doesn't necessarily want to change the way that they live because they don't 
necessarily know there's a different way. They don't understand there's a different way. They haven't received the love of God. And so that was probably my, my biggest challenge is because, you know, the reality is there's drugs in jail. Yeah. You, you know, there's those things that are available in there. So I had to make some, some hard decisions, you know, what path am I going to take? And I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. So I was going to do and make the hard decisions that I, I had to make while I was in there. And that was, you know, try not to associate with the guys who were taking drugs and doing those kinds of things. Going to the prison fellowship meeting that was there once a week and um, and sort of, I didn't go, you know, consistently, you know, probably I wish I had have gone more, but I didn't, um, you know, sort of it was, it's quite a hard environment. I mean, I was involved in fights, beating up all those kinds of things. So that was sort of quite hard as well. But the one thing I, I, I knew was because I had the Holy Spirit, the comforter with me, that often most nights I would just sort of lay on my bed just praying and asking God for help to eat for each day. And just, just God being with me was probably the key. Yeah. Yeah, I think Paul said bad company corrupts good morals. Yes. Mm. And uh, you get around the wrong influences. You know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yes. And uh, the influences around you are probably, I think that that's probably true of any new Christian really, isn't it? Mm. You know, you, you're trying to go one direction, but you're surrounded by all the friends that it might be trying to take you in another direction. It's, it's a real challenge. Yeah. That as well, yeah, is that the enemy's not going to let you go that mm. easily, yeah, you know, because you know, the Lord's got a, a plan and a purpose, and if He can rescue somebody out of that world, knowing that they're a testimony of His grace and they're going to be sent to share this message with the world, the enemy is just not going to give up that easily, and He will send drugs and drug dealers. We see this with the girls we work with in the prison, He's relentless. And so it takes a lot of people standing in the gap for those prisoners and to keep praying that those strongholds and those soul ties to the drug world are cut off because mm. it's, a, it's a spiritual world that we're dealing with as well. And so we can deal with it in our own de discipline and, and, and focus and, and fight, but really the only people that get complete breakthrough is actually when they get free in the spirit, mm. when they can actually receive the grace of God and walk in rhythm with the Holy Spirit because greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes a very hard fight, and that's why a lot of people give up and give up hope, because they don't understand, I'm doing everything I can, and it's still not working, because the enemy will just keep him there. Yeah, very good. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I connected with a guy called Alan Tudge, who's the local member for parliament here, and I asked him a few questions about the area that we live in so that we can respond to that as a, as a church. Mm -hmm. And he said that the biggest issues is anything that breaks down the family unit. And yeah. I said, what's the major contributor to that? And he said, in, right here in, in Wonturner, he said, it's ICE. The ICE yeah. epidemic is a major problem. Uh, and, and drugs, you know, they, they break down the family unit. Yeah. And so I, I, I know that there would be plenty of people that are, that are facing that, whether it's their kids or however it's got into the house. What would you say to parents whose child had addictions you know how should they handle it um and what could parents do to make sure to, what, what is this kind of environment you could create at home the best possible environment so that your kids don't turn to drugs yeah well look i've written my second book called under your influence which i'll 
may as well talk about now. But really, this has got five chapters, and it's strategies for some some strategies for parents, youth workers, anyone involved with young people, to show them how to lead them into a, a drug and alcohol problem-free life. The first chapter, which becomes the foundation to any relationship and influencing any young person, is relationship. Yeah. It's connection. Mm. So whether you're a parent to a child or youth leader yeah. to a young person, if you don't have that connection, then you won't have that influence. Mm. Statistics show that today parents and families are still the number one influence in a young person's mm. life. Wow. So where young people go, where older people go, well, we don't think we're relevant or young people still want that connection yeah. to their family and yeah. they still want that influence from their parents so don't underestimate the way you live out your life and the way you role model and the message you speak when you're actually communicating with your young person and let me tell you this you have to be informed mm. so even us who've come out of a, a, a drug and alcohol background we are positioning ourselves in new seminars and new conferences to learn about new drugs and new strategies mm. all the time so we're not going, oh yeah, well what we found 10 years ago or 15 years ago that worked it applies today. No, you've got to keep your finger on the pulse yeah. and be informed because they will come to you to ask the question and knowledge is power. If you don't tell your young people about drugs and alcohol, they will go asking somewhere, somewhere, somewhere else and there is a whole world out there waiting to talk to your young people for you. Yeah, wow. So we need to be relevant, we need to be ready and we need to be connected with our young, young people so that we can give them that message of just say no. Mm. And don't yep. be scared to actually bring those conversations up. And if you're feeling awkward about it, get educated on it. Yeah. You know, seek a journey of learning while you, what your young people are going through school and youth group, etc. because then you're more empowered. Great. You talk about, um, just really briefly, you talked about um, having connection. Um, would you take, in, in your own house, would you take connection over obedience? So, you know, sometimes the kids don't want to listen to you mm. and you can create that wall, that mm. tension in the mm. house all the time but you'd pursue relationship at all costs mm. to continue to have that influence? Is that how you guys would do it? Yeah, and it's, mm. it's, it's the same, like, when, with, it, with our own children and also, you know, with all these prisoners that we mentor, like, so, like we've inherited all these naughty kids, it's like we're reparenting half of them. Mm. And it's your tone and it's the way you speak. So you can bring correction without humiliating and embarrassing and cutting down and breaking their spirit... I mean, if they're acting up and they're being disobedient, you've got to stop and put your parent hat on and realise that you're the older one here, so you should be acting better than the younger one, right? Yeah. Amen. And so, <laughs> so you've got to sit down and say, what's going on? You know, talk to me. I've noticed that you've just been a little bit off lately and there's something happening at school because... You know, I talk about this un in Under Your Influence, is when our kids come home, they need to come home to a safe haven because mm -hmm. they're in a mission field. They're probably getting bullied at school, pushed around, the pressure's on winning, getting grades, fitting in. You know, they're fat, they're skinny, they've got hair, they don't, whatever. They're getting hammered that when they come home, you've got to create that environment and if something's not right... Mm -hmm. Something's not right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, we've just got to chill, let the air out of the tyre and say... What's going on? Yeah. And if they want to talk to you at 10 o'clock at night when they've got butterflies and they can't s sleep and you're tired, who cares? Sure. Talk. Because even if that's their way of staying up an extra hour, you know what? <laughs> Find out what's going on. 
and, and help them put words because sometimes, especially for boys, they'll find it hard to put words to their feelings mm -hmm. and articulate what's... You, you mean, you put yourself in a 12 or 13, 14-year-old shoe... I mean, I know this. I used to sit in the counsellor's office and they'll go, what's wrong? <laughs> and I had just had so much wrong. I didn't know where to start or what words to use. And I was so covered in shame and embarrassment that I didn't know where to start. That Sometimes as parents, we've just got to try to, you know, are you feeling a little bit nervous? You know, has something happened at school? Like fish, you know, probe, you know, without going over the top. But just throw a few things out there and see if, they'll spill and create an atmosphere where they feel safe yeah. and they'll speak to you. Yeah, they'll that's very good. They'll speak to you. Yeah, <clears throat> a, safe, a safe home is really important, that whole safe environment. Mm. But also there's enough dream takers out in the world. You know, the, I, I think Australia, certainly Western Australia, you probably would have, there's a tall poppy syndrome out mm. there. So there's enough voices to pull our children and our youth down. So I encourage you, become a dream maker in their life. You, you know, continue to encourage them. Continue to dare to believe for the impossible, you know. Help them. Help them discover the gifts that's in their life, you know. Go on a journey with them and, and just prophesy over them and speak the speak you know words of life and encouragement that can help them make their dreams happen you know mm. it could be a simple thing you know like I mean my daughter our middle daughter she just wants to be a mum you know we let her push her prams and all this kind of stuff mm. and and we encourage that but that brings out her caring gift and and all these other kinds of things you know and we we try to just create that safe environment and help them their dreams become true mm. yeah. and and the other thing as well I feel really strongly to share this is that there is a fantastic book which I'm sure you're all aware of called five love languages mm. so even if you've read it read it again mm. Because if we are not connecting emotionally with our young people, we've got three children, their love languages are different. The first one's gifts, easy. You know, you buy her a gift, she's okay for the next, you know, little while. The second one is time, she's more difficult because today, unfortunately, we live in a time poor world. The third one, he's everything because he's just spoiled, right? <laughs> but we find that when our middle one is acting up a little bit, it's because she needs time. You know, without the other siblings, just take her out. And you know what? That carries her on for about two or three months. So you've got to discover what their love language is as well. Because if I, I can buy her gifts over and, and it won't... She's polite she says thank you, but it doesn't connect with her heart. So read that book and work out what it is that makes you uh, connect with them more effectively and what makes their, you know, flicks their switch. And, um, and, you know, and the other thing, my husband may agree or not with this one, but my older one does a lot of extracurricular stuff. She's into sports and piano and acrobats and everything, okay? She wants to do everything and be everything. And then she's got all her study. She puts on, a, you know, takes on a lot. So I will make her lunch still. And my husband goes, well, the others don't have that, but you do it for her. But that's my way. The others don't really care. They'll, they will go and do it. But she, if she's struggling with all these extra things, you know what, I'm not going to pick the fight yeah. <laughs> when she's entering teenage years of you haven't made your bed. You know what, every now and again, I'll go and make her bed. I'll, I will help her during that time when everything in her mind is changing, her brain is changing, her puberty and hormones are kicking in and all of that. Just give your kids a break and realise which fights you're going to pick when they go through teenage years because not everyone is worth picking.
Very good. Great advice. Why don't we give them a round of applause? Isn't that good? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.